Let's talk about our democracy for a minute. <laughs> but let's do it in a way that makes the snowflakes' heads explode. Let me be clear before this podcast begins. We are loud, loud proud, proud, and do not give a fuck. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast. Real and raw political and social commentary. The freedom to oppress the rights of other people is not liberty, you shit-eating moron. Ah, the smell of freedom of speech. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast, and this is Tony Michaels. Hey, Tony, fuck them. What's the funniest shit you've ever heard of on a Tuesday? My pillow. <laughs> the my pillow guy gets quote unquote rated in the Hardee's drive-thru. Are you? It, you can't write this shit. You just you can't even write it. Like this stuff is is just batshit crazy. What? What alternate reality are we living in? And then the guy goes on his news station or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. His trader TV stream or... I don't know. And he tells the whole story. <laughs> and our great co-host, Gabe Sanchez, um, went and watched it. So you don't have to. He went and watched it so you don't have to. Um, the guy posted the last four digits of his social security number live on his broadcast. This is the guy, okay? The my fellow Nazi, Mike Lindell. The my slippers guy. I don't know. Does he have a my phone? Probably not anymore. <laughs> but Mike Lindell, the my fellow Nazi, is supposed to tell all of us. He's supposed he's got all this evidence about security and cybersecurity. He has cyber symposiums. Big meetings about how the evidence is going to show that it was the internet and Hugo Chavez and a bunch of Italians and space aliens that have Jewish space lasers from Mars or some shit. The Chinese with their bamboo ballots. I don't know, but he seems to know a lot about security shit that he doesn't know if he's posting the fucking amendment to his search warrant online with the last four digits of his social security number. Whoosh. Whoosh. I didn't post it. He fucking posted it. He posted it. He showed it to everyone. Oh, man. You just... The, the world we live in. And yesterday, the big news yesterday, really, is that Republicans... Oh, Guess what? Doubt me. Doubt me. Republicans want a national abortion ban. They're coming for your state's rights. That's right. They're coming for your state's rights to give women their bodily autonomy, which is constitutionally afforded to them. They want to overturn that. They want to tell you what the fuck you can and cannot do with your body. I've been saying this. I'm telling you this. I've been screaming it. Literally, into this microphone, screaming it. <laughs> and I say doubt me. And really, honestly, you, you shouldn't doubt me. But if you do, go get me some, go get some doubt me merch. 
helps us out here at the podcast store.dtonymichaels.com. I say it all the time. Doubt me, doubt me, doubt me. So go grab your Doubt Me merch, t-shirt, hoodie, coffee mugs. We also have some stickers over there. Oh, my God. Store.dtonymichaels.com. Lindsey Graham delivers for the Democrats. That's what this is. This is a delivery of the midterms for the Democrats. They are literally telling everyone out loud, yes, we want to go much further nationally. It ain't about states' rights anymore because it's not about states' rights. It's about taking away your fucking rights, your fucking freedoms. That's what it's about. It's what it's always been about. This it's 30, 40 years of pounding on Roe v. Wade hasn't been about abortions. It hasn't been about murdering babies. They're full of fucking shit. It's been about one thing, controlling you. What you are going to do and what you ain't going to do. That's what it's about. It's what it's always been about. It's what it's always will be about. To Lindsey Graham and any kind of these MAGA Republicans. Who's sycophant to this fucking America first fascism. It's enough of this nonsense. And you have the option. You still have the right. You still have the choice to vote. Crawl over fucking hot coals and sharp shards of glass to get to the ballot and mark pro-democracy candidates. And not only vote, but engage in your democracy. Talk to your family. Talk to your friends. It's now out in the open. There's a fucking clip. Goddamn video clip of Lindsey Graham. Supposedly, the remember, he was the moderate. He was with the maverick John McCain. He worked across the fucking aisle. Lindsey Graham wants to have a national ban on abortion. To tell women what they can and can't do with their bodies. Their fucking freedom of medical decisions. Their freedom to privacy inside a doctor's office. The freedom to do what the fuck they want to do when it comes to their family and their life. It's about freedom. And they fucking want to take it away from you. And they want to take your fucking state's freedom to make sure you have freedom. You don't think they want a fascist state? You don't think fucking Ron DeSantis' blueprint down in Florida is exactly what they're trying to implement nationally? What about Greg Abbott's blueprint for fascist for fascist state down in fucking Texas. You don't think that's what they want? Pluck your head out of your fucking ass. Because that's exactly what they want. It's exactly what they want. And they won't stop. They're not going to stop. Even if we engage in our democracy. And we use our ballot as the heavy hammer on fascism. They won't quit. This next election, in less than two months, in November, is going to be the most important election to our democracy. And as soon as it's over, as soon as it's certified, the next one will be the most important to our democracy. It's going to take a long time to get these fucking Nazis to crawl back underneath their fucking rocks. A long time. They're emboldened. Jesus Christ. 
So much so, they're committing so much crime, they're having their phones seized in the Hardee's drive-thru. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Whew. What a what a news day. What a news day. There's also a video out of a clown that went into a that went into a dairy queen. What's the fucking fast food theme today with these with these Trump pumpers? What is this? Mike Lindell gets his fucking phone seized in Hardee's drive-thru, and then a clown, a Trump clown, walks into a dairy queen, I think in Pennsylvania, with a gun, and he says he's gonna kill Democrats and liberals and he's going to make Donald Trump president king of the United States. Oh man, this guy has been on Facebook way too much. Whoosh. He was wearing a fucking clown wig and I guess a flak jacket or some shit. I don't know. Sounds like a gravy seal bozo or something. (laughs) Oh my God. He must be a proud boy or an oath keeper. I would imagine. But he went to the wrong restaurant. You don't make Donald Trump president king of the United States in a Dairy Queen. Everybody knows you go to Burger King. That's where you crown the king, baby. That's where the crowns are at. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, my God, this is real life, folks. This is real fucking life. This is not made up shit. I couldn't write this shit. Just couldn't do it. Whew. In more news, they're still toting the queen around uh, England, and people here in the United States are still paying attention to that shit. What in the fuck? She's dead. I don't, you know, a lot of people are going to think I'm insensitive here, but holy fuck. Do her a favor and put her in the goddamn ground already. Fuck me. This enough of this shit. And the American media paying attention to that nonsense over there? Fuck that shit. Enough of this monarch stuff. I was okay with giving her great respect the first couple fucking days. But the American media, and I really don't give a shit about her, really. I could care fucking less. She's a goddamn queen. Who gives a rat's ass? We got a lot better shit to worry about than when this queen's gonna be put in, in, in for her final dirt nap. There'll be plenty of time to go pay your respects. I'm sure they'll have a fucking, some kind of fucking huge cathedral that she'll be in. That you'll go be able to sit and cry about how she died when she was 96. The longest serving monarch. Get the fuck out of here. Ceremonial fucking autocracy bullshit. It's enough of that nonsense. I'm tired of the American media fucking covering this shit. Are you? I'm sick of this. We got we got an election here less than two fucking months that is determinate of whether we have a democracy or not. And they're covering the queen carrying her body around England. Who gives a rat's ass? Let them people in England tote around and go to the and look at her fucking casket. Why in the hell is the American media concerned about a, a, a monarch in a box when we got democracy to save here? Not autocracy, because that's the fucking, that's the choice you have, is you can have the Trump monarchy, autocracy, that's what they all want, that's what these Nazis want, or you can have democracy, you can have freedom, you can have liberty, you can have rights. 
you can choose. That's, that's kind of your choice here. That's kind of your choice here, which leads me to my special guest of today. This is very important. We have some special guests. Our first guest is Jeff Temmer, senior advisor to the Lincoln Project. He's a political strategist. He's going to come talk to us about what's going on in Michigan. We watched uh, a report. I believe it was last week. Uh, CNN did this report, believe it or not, about a Michigan County Republican chairperson who is holding Zoom meetings to try to train people how to overturn elections. I'm not shitting you. And they're using all kinds of, of, of these insurrectionists to train these people. That's what that's what the fuck they're doing. So we got Jeff on to come talk to us about that, about how we can stay vigilant because we have to. We have to engage because these people are going to engage whether we do or not. And they're going to engage to destroy democracy, not. Not to save it. They want to destroy democracy. So we're going to have Jeff on. We also have Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen, on at the bottom of the second hour. We're going to have Michael Cohen on. He's going to talk about the golf course trip to D.C. I had questions for Michael. I was like, "Eh, maybe Michael knows what Trump does on golf courses in these secret meetings. And I watched a video that he did about secret meetings with attorneys on golf courses. I would imagine that this guy is scared that a shitload of people are wearing wires, right? Are that are that rooms are bugged and shit? He's probably fucking paranoid as fuck by now. I mean, just absolutely paranoid. So I don't know if, if this was kind of like a good fellas golf, golf session type thing, but we're going to ask Michael Cohen his opinion on that. We're also going to talk about the Berman book. The former SDNY uh, prosecuting attorney that's that's going around selling a book saying that he was pushed out of the SDNY by Barr and Trump. Sounds like more corruption. Sounds like more investigations. Jesus fucking Christ, just pile it on. Just pile it on, the Cheeto dust mobster. (laughs) So we're going to talk to Jeff Temmer. And Michael Cohen today. Jeff Tamer is going to join us at the bottom of this hour. Michael Cohen will join us at the bottom of next hour. So we'll do what we'll do is we'll do a, a quick shit list roundup. We got a quick one today because I got some video to show you. We want to show you the Lindsey Graham video. Um, I also <laughs> I also want to show you some of this Mike Lindell stuff. You just I mean, this this is just this guy has been going on and on and on about fucking election fraud and all kinds of bullshit. He's destroyed his fucking reputation if he even had one. He fucking has probably destroyed his fucking business. He has to st- he has to sell slippers on Fox News and Newsmax. I'm not shitting you. He's on Fox News and Newsmax on their commercial selling slippers. You know, the ones that Rudy Giuliani pimps to. I mean, Rudy Giuliani's broke, so he's got to get a little bit of money pimping slippers. So, um... We're going to show you some of the Mike Lindell video. I also, if we got time, which we're going to be short on it, but if we got time, I want to show you the, uh, (laughs) every, every time Mike Lindell uh, trends on Twitter, 
Uh, someone posts this. Uh, I think Adam Parkaminko always posts this uh, video where Mike Lindell is sitting in like, a, it seems like a courtyard of a, a hotel or something. I don't know. It's like a public fucking place. There's people walking around and shit. And Mike Lindell is sitting in his underwear uh, on live TV. And, and, and a guy approaches him and fucks with him, you know, on live TV. But Mike Lindell is sitting in his underwear in a courtyard. It's really fucking weird. But, you know, you shouldn't expect anything more or less from the CEO of MyPillow, the MyPillow Nazi, Mike Lindell. Is he the MyPillow or is he the My Slipper Nazi now? I don't know. He sells sheets and slippers on Fox News. I think the, uh, the pillow market has dried up for him. I don't know. I have no idea, really, honestly. I don't know much about the the uh, the pillow market, but <laughs> he's in the slipper market now. He's in the sheets. Oh, man. The greatest sheets ever, too. Get the fuck out of here with that sheet. What do you think he was ordering at Hardee's? What do you think? What do you think he was or What do you think Mike Lindell orders at Hardee's? Does he order like a, a double cheese with a side of treason or something? I don't know. What do you think? Oh, fuck. This morning, he released a video, too, on Twitter saying that he was going to try to get his phone back. He's trying to get his phone back. This guy is a fucking moron. This guy is a moron. But in better news, uh, yesterday, Joe Biden was at the White House. Uh, Our friend of the show, JoJo from Jurors. Shout out to JoJo. Uh, It looks like she was in Newsweek, believe it or not. JoJo was in Newsweek. Joe Biden had a uh, event at the White House yesterday, and JoJo from Jurors, our friend of the show, went and <laughs> and she, uh, she she took a picture with the President of the United States, Joe Biden. And someone asked her, I believe in the thread, how did he smell? And Joe gave one of her pro- prolific answers, uh, as she normally does in the replies. And uh, <laughs> a lot of people took... They took it the wrong way. They just didn't like that she how she described it. She described it as uh, he smelled like a hot cup of cocoa. <laughs> and they didn't like that. They didn't like that. So Newsweek wrote a story. I'm not shitting you. This is what the American media is focused on. This is what they're focused on. It is crazy. I actually, I, I'm hoping that uh, I can bring Joe on uh, maybe in the next few days and talk to her about this weird thing where she went to the White House, normal, invited to the White House, went to the White House. When you go to the White House, sometimes you take a picture with, I don't know, the president of the United States who lives and works at the White House. And then she describes her experience. And it ends up in Newsweek because she said hot cup of cocoa. This is really fucking weird. This is what the American media is focused on. Whoosh, whoosh. We got democracy to save. You want to know why we're in such a, sh- a, a shitty position here of these fascists knocking on our front door? One of the reasons why is the free press doesn't seem free anymore. It seems bought and paid for. Jesus fucking Christ. I don't mind Newsweek doing a story on JoJo from Jurors, but there's a hell of a lot better angles of JoJo from Jurors about how she's doing. She's doing the service of resistors on Twitter. She's one of the leaders on Twitter for resistors. I believe. And and the story is she tweeted something about Joe Biden smelled like a or 
it smelt or felt like a hot cup of I don't know. We'll, maybe we'll get to that tweet too. Jesus Christ. What she's trying to say, what she's trying to say is it's not a dumpster fire at the White House. That's what she's trying to say. Okay, Newsweek. Okay, critics. And I, I, I read part of the Newsweek thing. They weren't too tough on her, but Jesus Christ. This is this is where we're at. This is where we're at. When we actually should be focused on Lindsey Graham and the Republican Party, the MAGA Republicans wanting to take away your rights and your freedoms on a federal level and not just a federal level, but a state level. So what you have to do to head this off, what you have to do to make sure to make sure. That they do not take your rights and your freedoms away from you, because that's what they want to do. And they're telling you out loud. They're saying it in front of microphones and cameras to make sure you know, hey, elect us. We will take your rights away. Literally, that's what they're saying. Lindsey Graham said, if you put Republicans in charge of the House and the Senate, we will make sure to take your rights away from you. We are planning on it. We got a bill already written to take your fucking rights away from you. Your freedom. We want to take your freedom away. Vote for us. Literally is what they're saying. They're handing us this election, folks. They're handing it to us. All we have to do is get out there and fucking pound the earth with this messaging. Pound it. And leave no stone unturned. And don't give a shit if we scorch the earth with it. Fuck them. We have to politicize every single issue. Every one of them. And this one, this one has got people pissed off. It's got the electorate pissed off. And there's no better opportunity than to make sure we save our democracy with this little nugget that the Republicans have given us. Because they've shown their cards. They've shown their cards that they're anti-American, they're anti-freedom, they're anti-woman, they're anti-privacy, and, and they just fucking hate that other people who don't aren't them and don't look like them have fucking rights and liberty. They're saying it out loud. Now's the time for you to act. You can do this. Make sure to check your fucking registration. Double check it. Don't just assume you can vote. I don't care what fucking state you're in. I don't give a shit. We not only do we have to make sure we secure the Senate and we make sure that we have Democrats in the majority of the House, but we have to pile mountains and mountains of votes on these motherfuckers. We have to show not just ourselves, but the entire world that no, this fucking white Christian nationalist, America first fascist, let's go Brandon Nazi party is not us. It's a slim percentage. Yeah, there's a lot of these fucking knuckleheads out there numbers wise, but it's a slim percentage. They do not represent us. We want democracy. We want equity. We want equality. We want rights, liberty, and freedom. And we must engage and we must fight for it. 
It is most important. I don't, again, I don't care if you're in a blue state, in a blue county, a blue city. You pile these motherfuckers in votes. It is a statement we have to make. We cannot just win. We have to destroy the America First Fascist Party, the MAGA Republicans. We have to burn their house down. And the way we do that is not play these stupid little games where, oh, we can't say this, we can't bullshit, politicize every single issue, every one of them. And the main one is what Lindsey Graham said in front of a microphone yesterday is what everyone has been telling everyone in this country. These MAGA Republicans, the tail is wagging the dog and the bigots, the racist the anti the anti women crowd they have taken over the maga republicans and they want to take your freedoms away from you so listen to them when they tell you who they are when lindsey graham who again was supposed to be the moderate and work across the aisle and work with democrats to get compromise and do good government is standing in front of a microphone saying vote for republicans We're going to take away your freedom. (laughs) That's their messaging. We got them. They're on their heels. All we have to do is lean in. Just lean in to democracy and engage in the ballot. That's all we have to do. That's all you have to do. So stay steady. No. The prize. And don't get too distracted by clowns walking into into a Dairy Queen uh, claiming they're going to make Donald Trump the President King. Jesus fucking Christ. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Jeff Temer. Everyone stick around. We'll be right back right after this break. We'll be right back. Mark. 60 seconds. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast. Are you numb and alone after storming the Capitol? Have you been left out in the cold after stealing Nancy Pelosi's mail? Do you feel exposed to a government that doesn't share your patriotic values? If any of these describe you, then you're in luck. Hi, I'm Paul Gosar, and thanks to my new product, Pardon Blanket, I've got you covered. Pardon Blanket specifically works to make you feel safe and cozy after your involvement on January 6th. And if you're one of the other members of Congress who also helped with the attempted coup, Pardon Blanket will protect you too. Pardon Blanket is made of a sort of soft fleece and a layer of sheep's wool. And they're 100% made in the USA. Don't delay and get your Pardon Blanket today for just $99.99. Actual pardons not guaranteed. Jumping back into it, this is the Tony Michaels Podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome back to the show. Boy, we got a big show for you today. There's a lot of news. But the biggest news there is, is we are so damn close to these midterms. We are approaching very close. I have my co-host, Gabe Sanchez, and our guest, Jeff Timmer, advisor to the Lincoln Project. Jeff, how are you? 
I am great, Tony. It's great to be here. It's great to see you and Gabe. Hey. I get yeah, well, you know, this is this is crazy. The reason and and I asked last week after we watched um, uh, CNN had a uh, a little uh, report that they did and you actually appeared in it for a few seconds, a few minutes I think. Um you were talking to them about Michigan because you know a thing or two about Michigan politics and really the Republicans in Michigan. You used to be a Republican head of something in Michigan, right? So my 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 thought was is I wanted to have you on to really explain to people what they're trying to do, because it was a little, because they were talking about, you know, or they're, they're using Zoom meetings to train them as spies and things of this nature. Yeah. But it really was unclear uh, in their reporting. I thought CNN did a good job, but they really didn't hit the target. So I wanted to have you on to create a piece of content to hit the target here, right in the on the bullseye of what these people are trying to do. Well, let's do that then. Let's uh, let's show CNN how it's done. Um, what what uh, what the Michigan Republicans are doing is they are training uh, volunteers, their grassroots supporters, these mega tinfoil uh, horse paste eating kooks, to go out and um, become official election inspectors. And what, the, what the, when you go in to vote, you go into your precinct and there's all the people sitting at the table to check you in. Um, and uh, in most states, those, those people are volunteers or they're paid some small stipend, but they're supposed to represent a bipartisan mix. Uh, if if uh, equal number of Republicans and Democrats apply, that's what they're supposed to do is to make sure that these elections are unfairly to have a bipartisan uh, group of, of people running the election. And so what the Michigan Republican Party is trying to do is to get these people, they're, they're, they're trained zealots into these official election spots and these trainings that they're doing, trying to uh, stay out of the, the public eye, but uh, CNN exposed them. These trainings are telling them they're, they're how to gum up, how to be, how to throw a wrench in the gears of democracy. And that's what it's all about uh, is, is they want to gum up the works on election day, make it more difficult for people to vote in uh, key democratic areas. They want to uh, cast aspersions on the veracity of the election on uh, undermine the faith in the results so that democracy is further undermined and they can make their move to try to win the election. So what you're saying, it sounds like, is that, and me and Gabe kind of surmised this the other day, is that the Republicans are trying to plan on doing what they accused Democrats of doing in 2020. Do I have that right? Am, am I am I off the mark there? Well, you know, I guess it depends on whether you're sane or if you're a Republican. The Republicans <laughs> think they're doing this to save democracy, right? They, they view themselves <laughs> as the... They're laying down on the tracks between cannibal socialists and uh, you know uh, the Constitution, uh, but what they're doing is they're they're radicalizing these people in like this ISIS manner. I mean, they're they're using online training to recruit, find, and and uh, uh, radicalize these people, convince them that there's this uh, uh, nefarious acts going on, and they're the only ones who can you know strap the 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 bomb to their chest and go in and save save democracy and I know that sounds a little hyperbolic but that's what these guys are doing they're blowing up our faith in elections when it, 
before 2020, this sounds pretty simple. Uh, before 2020, everybody agreed, Republicans, Democrats, that on election day you vote, you count the votes, somebody wins, somebody loses, the, the loser licks their wounds, and you go on to fight the next election. But no one ever just said, we're not going to accept the results. We're just going to refuse to leave. We're going to refuse to abide by the results. It doesn't matter who actually got the right votes. We're going to kick and scream and make a lot of noise and uh, you know, try to use the courts, try to use subterfuge, try to throw these Hail Mary passes to uh, insert our candidates into these positions, whether or not they get the most votes. And if we have to rely on... <clears throat> worrying about who and how the votes are being counted uh, in, in getting our, getting people in, in positions that will be fair, democracy is over. If we can't have that shared faith that the winners win, it, it, we're, we're done after 246 years. Well, I think it's also, uh, it's the, the more and more I think about, you know, everyone's attempt on the Republican side to uh, to fight election fraud by committing, you know, or actually committing, I don't want to put quotes there, actually committing election fraud. It reminds me almost like it's the plot of National Treasure. Like Nick Cage has to steal the Constitution to avoid the bad guy from stealing the Constitution to protect it. But that's not the case here, right? They're not, they're actually committing the thing that they're projecting onto Democrats or the left. And I think it's also, you're, the timing of you being on the show, I think is is incredible because just yesterday, as Tony was, ta I was talking about in the beginning half of the show, is Mike Lindell gets his phone seized at the drive-thru of a Hardee's. But the reason, now, while that is hilarious, because you could not write a better scenario. It, you the, couldn't write it better if it was a Wendy's. If it was a Wendy's. Right, exactly, right? Um, but the thing that is so, uh, so perfect about the timing is that what is being discussed right now about election fraud and these people attempting to, to, uh, to commit election fraud to save the election is the connection between Mike Lindell and Tina Peters, right? And in what she, I mean, she's facing 10 criminal charges, seven of which are felonies. And she just continues to blabber on about how uh, she's innocent and she's fighting this and fighting that. But she is another person who did this exact same thing. Went to yeah. one of these meetings, learned how to go in, stole an IT consultant's ID badge. Like this is the extent, I mean, they'll probably go even further, you know, in the future as well. Well, they have, and in in Michigan, uh, they there are the the guy that the Republicans nominated to run for the office of Attorney General is one of nine people who are facing indictment for election fraud after the twenty twenty election. Uh, including, there's a, a state representative, a sitting Republican state representative, and the guy running for Attorney General. Uh, the Attorney General's office. Uh, kind of ironically, was the one investigating this crime. And then it's revealed that the, the guy running against the attorney general is likely a felon. Uh, so the, the, they had to refer, they've created a special prosecutor now to decide whether or not to indict these people. But they went around doing exactly that same thing. They, they, they pur purported to be uh, officials conducting a state investigation. Uh, they seized election equipment from local clerks all around the, the state. And then they dismantled these, uh, damaged these very expensive, sophisticated computerized pieces of equipment and returned them inoperable to all these, these places. And this is apparently like a shit ton of, of felonies that they committed in the process, <laughs> impersonating uh, law enforcement, all these different things, uh, not to mention the, the actual tampering with 
the 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 uh, official election equipment, which is a felony itself. And so this is it's something they have been doing. There are so many Michigan Republicans, high level profile Michigan Republicans who are under criminal investigation or actual indictments. The list it's easier to list those who aren't under criminal investigation <laughs> than those. It's, it's, yeah. it's insane. There are literally yeah, yeah. dozens. Speaker of the House, the Senate Majority Leader, the guy running for Attorney General, the co-chair of the party, the National Committee woman who serves on the RNC. There's just dozens of these people who are under criminal investigation. It's it's insane. Sounds like sounds like a plot from New Jersey um, or something like that, or a plot from Pennsylvania where a, a Trump clown walks into a Dairy Queen um, going to kill liberals and Democrats, and he's going to crown Donald Trump president, king of the United States. I'm not making that shit up either. That is that is the craziest part right now is that it sounds like those the criminal Republicans are using what power they think they have, which um, I think justice departments, whether it be federal or state, local, are going to, you know, hamper that down. But we watched a bunch of a video of a bunch of clowns walking into Coffee County, Georgia, doing the same exact kind of shit. And this was this was the day after the insurrection when they knew the insurrection wasn't going to work. They were they were going and tampering with machines. Now, they weren't actually wearing clown wigs like the guy at the Dairy Queen, but they wanted to do the same thing, which was crown Trump president king of the United States. We can't make this shit up. But really, the thing that the thing I think that is. Missing here is that this is so important that we pay attention to what's happening locally, because that's actually where our elections happen is on a local level. Um, That's why this nonsense about like Lindsey Graham and others stoking riots and shit like that. If Trump's indicted, like where are they going to go? Are they going to go to each county election office and do an insurrection there or something? I mean, this doesn't make sense. 2020 was uh, was a different election. And January 6th was a was a different type of certification than what we're going to have in these midterms. But what we really need to worry about is what you're saying is not just in Michigan, because it sounds like there's a huge disease in Michigan, but all these states like Kerry Lake and Blake Masters, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Herschel Walker, which is batshit crazy, uh, J.D. Vance, and, and all these secretary of states and these governors in these races gaining power over states, which that's where the power of those of those local elections are. Yeah, they've been since since the they lost the 2020 election, they've been paying great attention to very minute details in the election process all across the country. They're installing people like in these precinct locations like we've been talking about. They're installing election deniers in these certification boards uh, across the country. People who at the county level or precinct level and state level are vowing ahead of time. They're saying, I would not have certified the 2020 results. I will not certify the 2022 or 2024 results because they want to create this chaos. They want to create this vacuum where they think their, you know, clown uh, wig mega king can come in and, and be anointed then uh, king in the the vacuum that they create once the gears grind to a halt in the the uh, the logistics of elections. And, but. Uh, the, the, 
one, they're fucking crazy. I mean, we, we know that, but they're diligent. They don't stop. They don't, they don't realize they're crazy. It, crazy doesn't sleep. They do this 24 seven. They're, they're paying attention to this every day. They've got thousands of people spread across the country that are paying attention to this, to getting their uh, uh, people elected to school boards and this deluge of, of news, we, we hear this stuff every day. It's this constant uh, drip of, of news like this, but it's like the frog boiling in the water. We don't realize how hot the water is getting and how democracy is about to that boiling temperature until it's too late. Uh, there's, it's, it's, it's so hard to tell everybody, be alarmed all the time, but mm-hmm. we need to be alarmed all the goddamn time. Right, because they're not going to stop. Me and Gabe no. talk about it all the time here on the show. They just, they're relentless. And uh, what they want is not something that they're willing to give up. And it's going to take a long time to get some of these um, folks that support them to crawl back underneath their, their rocks, as it, as it were. Um, but back to the training sessions on Zoom. When you were part of the Republican Party, I mean, Republicans met to strategize elections and to make sure that they were secure, they were fair. Democrats do the same thing. There's a lot of state parties that have their hotlines for voter fraud and stuff of that nature to make sure that our elections are fair because we do need to be diligent about that. Um, they've kind of taken over that, um, you know, that wording and projected it and done the whole national treasure thing where they think they're saving an election, but they're they're stealing it. Um but explain the difference between when you were involved in the Michigan Republican Party and when you guys were really trying to do dem- democracy a service and trying to make sure that they were fair. And then the difference now in what they're saying about spying. I mean, they're using the word not espionage, but close to it as their MAGA king, their clown MAGA king is committing espionage. They want to commit espionage on our elections, but explain exactly what they're they're training these people to do? What's their aim here? Yeah. Well, both parties historically have had their 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 foot soldiers, their loyalists, their their precinct delegates, whoever uh, you know their activists are on election day, doing things that help get out their vote, make sure that the, uh, their people are showing up to vote, monitoring the lists of people on election day who've actually shown up to vote so they know who hasn't shown up and they need to start calling them, knocking on their doors. That's been kind of the primary function of, of election day activities. There's also been an effort. Everybody, transparency and sunlight help the, the election process, right? It, we, it's open to the public. Anybody can go in and watch the, the election in a precinct being conducted. They can go in and watch the, the votes uh, being processed and counted, provided they don't disrupt and, and uh, um, get in the way of that being done. Uh, and, and that's what both parties have historically done is deputize people to be those eyes and ears, watch for anything uh, out of sorts. And, and there, there's... You, there's seldom uh, anything really out of sorts. What there are is usually people who are, aren't trained very well thinking there's something out of sorts, or there's a human error involved. You know, the, the little old ladies running the election make some mistake along the way that's that's fixed by the local clerk, but it's kind of reported up the food chain and it uh, makes everybody wiggle around and get agitated for a couple minutes. But that's that's been the historic uh, extent of, of how this is done. But what they're telling these people to do, uh, like they, they cost 
caught they caught them on uh, the CNN report. Uh, they 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 gained access to one of their their Zoom sessions uh, that were where they were training these people, and they're telling them things that are they're saying that, look, it's illegal for you to take your phone in, but do it anyway. Uh, it's illegal for you to record and videotape this, but do it anyway. Uh, they're, they're telling them, they're instructing them to break the law, to commit misdemeanors in, in this case. Uh, and that's their plan ahead of time. And they're going into this with the intent to undermine the law and break the law to, to reach and achieve their ends, which is creating the smokescreen that there's something going on that isn't. Mm-hmm. Well, and it sounds like to me, because I grew up on a farm and we had we had fences and gates. Right. And, you know, generally speaking, you could just hop over a fence or a gate. I mean, most people can. But we used to put a chain around the gate and we would put a padlock on it and we wouldn't actually lock the padlock because it was a padlock we didn't have a key for. When I was a kid, I said, why do we put that padlock on there and not lock it? And my dad would say it's to keep an honest man honest. And I think that's what you're saying is, is the system that we've set in place in our democracy. There are, there are a lot of unwritten rules, but the unwritten rule is, is that there is oversight and those, and both parties are standing there to make sure that, that no one in the election process is swaying the election one way or the other. And, and they're very diligent. Each party is very diligent mm-hmm. about having people there to make sure to keep a quote unquote honest man, honest, as I as my dad would say, right. with that padlock, because anyone could just jump the fence or go through the gate or whatever. It's just to let people know, hey, you're not supposed to do things you're not supposed to do. But what you're saying is the Michigan Republicans, and I'm sure this is happening other places around the country, are saying, nope. Go do those things that you're not supposed to do. And I think that's the scary part here is that we have a situation where there's one party in the country that is only for democracy, that the other party is not for it. And what is even scarier is what uh, Gabe alluded to earlier is the delusion that they are for democracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, that, that's there's this this um, kind of uh, normalcy bias that pundits have, that uh, reporters have, that we see on the news, where they're kind of treating what's going on in these last few years as politics. Though this is just politics. But it's not. This is not politics. We have one side playing by the political rules within the confines of democracy. And we got one side that's tipped the board over and is just eating the pieces and throwing them all around the fucking room. And there's there's two different games going on here. But it's the, the consequences are real and it can't just be treated as, well, you know, the, the, the Republicans say this, the Democrats say this. You know, back to you, Jim. There's <laughs> there's. There's something there, there's a responsibility that people have, people with microphones, you know, like like us here, but really in the in the in the news media, the cable news media to stop normalizing the abnormal. And that's something that we've done over these that collectively, when I say we uh, have, have started to look at this as well. You know, there's there's there people are upset about the elections and the process and there's some distrust. So we have to, you know, we have in the state legislatures, we have to introduce these laws to restore the faith in uh, election outcomes. Well, that's the Republicans are saying that all around the country. 
that's like, you know, the, the, the arsonist sets the fucking fire and say, well, you know, this is great because now the fire department has all this work to do. We need right. to we need to make sure that the fire department has plenty of work. So let's go around setting fires. And that's good for democracy. That's that's their position. And it's being it, it, they're getting away with it in a lot of cases because people are just like I said, they get tired. Normal, sane people get tired of fighting the crazy 24 seven, arguing with the crazy, debating the crazy. They don't necessarily believe that the sky is falling, even though the evidence before our eyes says the sky is falling. Uh, and that's, that's where the, 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 the complacency, the, 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 the just kind of hearing this day in day out on the news, it kind of goes into the back of our mind. It's not at the forefront. People aren't as alarmed as they should be. I don't think a lot of Democrats in the, 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 the uh, in the political system and the operation of, of politics, government and elections are as concerned as they should be. Some are, m- many are, but some of them aren't. They're still treating what's going on as a political partisan difference and they're fighting it in that political partisan way that, okay, we disagree, but we're working towards, you know, you, we need to find some kind of way to get along. Mm-hmm. Well, screw that. You can't get along with somebody who's trying to, who's trying to, you know, <laughs> effectively, you know, choke the life out of out of our right. the American Republic. Yeah. So you actually bring up a good point, which is like this desensitize, like desensitizing people, right? The American public. We've got, you know, we went through, you know, five years of this, you know, as it led up, but really the five years concentrated within this time of taking away people's rights you know, uh, bigotry, uh, xenophobia, hatred, like this whole platform that Trump ran on. And a lot of these Republicans, you know, these mag Republicans really, you know, were like, great, this is exactly what I believe in. And now it's on a national stage. So we're going to double down. And it really is, um, in many ways, it can be exhausting, right? To, to hear this type of rhetoric, this language and, and know for how many years being like, well, I guess nothing's going to happen. Right. And now we're, you know, now we're seeing everything kind of this domino effect and the snowball effect of everything's piling up and we're beginning to see actual justice or, uh, or change by removing, you know, like there, there is a, we have a cancer or a virus and we need Mm -hmm. to fight it right now. And that is what we're cutting out from the, from the body part. Um, But there, and I, I guess my question for you is knowing how desensitized we are as, you know, American people and knowing that we hear this every single day. I mean, Mike Lindell even said last night in a show, he was, he was talking about, uh, something that you just brought up, which is like, great, there's a fire. The fire department should be fighting more fires, right? And last night on the show, he made a whole, he's like, oh, great, there's election fraud. Good, right? But he's part of this group that is causing the issue. And then going, great, now they have more work to do, which is like, they have other shit to deal with. They don't need to deal with the stuff that you've created. So I guess, you know, what I'm curious about is what what can we do, right? Like how can, outside of, you know, the Justice Department and actual, like, people going to court and seeking justice for this, but like, what can we do as citizens to help fight this normalcy that the media is creating? Well, one thing is we need to be, we need to keep, keep shouting from the rooftops that there's a fire. Um, you know, people, you know, you've been online now for a long time doing this. There are many uh, like us who are out there doing it. Uh, uh, my colleagues at the the Lincoln Project have been doing it for a long time. Um, we've been saying uh, for the last year that we need to make 
the fight for democracy a national issue in this election. And we're finally starting to see that happen with Joe Biden's speech on democracy a couple of weeks ago. There have been polls out in in national polls and in the states where democracy is now, the, 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 the issue of democracy has now risen in the issues in the forefront of voters' minds, where it's one of the top issues. You've got uh, the economy and inflation, you've got abortion, uh, you've got democracy now emerged, has emerged as a key issue in in the campaign. Uh, And we need to keep that drumbeat going. We need to encourage people that there, sometimes it feels like there's, Like there's so damn many of these crazy kooks out there on the MAGA side doing this stuff, but they are a very, they're they're a very squealing loud minority. And we can't forget that there's a fuck ton more of us than there are of them. And we need to act like it. We need to get out there and encourage people to vote, to get registered, to make sure they're donating to campaigns five, ten dollars, whatever more if you can give it. They need to get involved in local campaigns, get involved with local democratic parties. And I say that as somebody who's not a Democrat. I know people have started to identify me as a Democrat, but I'm a, I, I was a Republican all my life. I have not I don't agree with de- Democrats on policy issues, but we're not having fights about marginal tax rates right now. And if we are, if you're having that fight with anybody out there, uh, stop because democracy is freaking on fire and that's where we need to be focusing. And so the only pro-democracy party out there right now is the Democratic Party and people need to be out there talking about how important it is to vote for the Democrats. Uh, If you are a center-right voter, if you are a moderate Republican and you're you know, shaking your head at this, but you've never voted for a Democrat before. Now is the time. It's not hard. <laughs> it doesn't make you feel bad. I've done it. Uh, get out there and do it because democracy is at stake. Whether or not we continue to have free and fair elections, uh, the 2024 election, we have to be prepared is going to be far worse than what we saw in the 2020 election and, and after. We have to start preparing ourselves for that disruption, for the uh, more crazy, more chaos, more violence, unfortunately. But uh, we need to start having those frank conversations with with people, uh, groups that we're part of, friends, neighbors, family. Uh, don't stop trying to persuade people uh, who, who can get involved and vote. This election, this midterm election, is very, very critical. Arguably, and I know people always love to say this is the most important election of our lifetime, this could be the most important off-year, off-presidential election uh, in American history if these election kooks win in the, the especially the existential states, as I call them, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, and Georgia. They're going to put their thumb on the scale when it, after the 2024 election, and we're going to be in a crisis like we've never had in this country before. There's something else you brought up that I think is really interesting, and obviously something that is the kind of the pulse of, of topic right now, outside of our democracy is on fire with just a free and fair election, but something you know that we see that on the right, which is Roe v. Wade. And just, I think it was yesterday or the day before, Lindsey Graham goes up and says, uh, you know, oh, a white man, not a woman, uh, would never go through this himself, decides what the rules should be on a national ban for this. So, like, you know, what are your what are your thoughts when it comes to when you hear stuff like that? Well, the whole premise of the Dobbs decision was that this was a something that should be left to the states to decide. That's what the Supreme Court, what their decision uh, was, was 
uh, based around. We can certainly disagree on whether or not they should have done that or not. And all the Republicans said, well, this should be an issue that states decide. And then immediately, Lindsey Graham's out there saying, no, we need to have a federal ban. And he really, <coughs> I think, is helping uh, keep this issue. This, this issue is going to be, I think, the, the preeminent issue driving turnout and driving intensity in, in this campaign. There are more, when I say there are more of us than there are of them, it applies to people who are pissed off about the Roe decision. And that even applies to people, Republicans, who have considered themselves pro-life, for whom criminalizing, putting their, their sisters, their cousins, their daughters, their granddaughters in prison about abortion, putting doctors and nurses in prison over abortion. That's something that nobody has ever contemplated seriously. And now that they're forced to confront that for the first time in 50 years, a whole lot of people who have been part of the pro-life movement on the Republican side are suddenly like, no, 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 no. This is a, a, a bridge too far. You guys have lost your goddamn minds. This, you're, you, you don't even support exceptions uh, for abortion, for rape and incest, like the governor candidate here in, in Michigan, where I am, who is is proudly, she's gone on TV and, and given an interview and talked about how she would force a 14-year-old to have her rapist baby, you know, effectively tie this girl to the chair for nine months and give birth to a baby because she says that it, it's it's a way she can heal from the rape. I mean, these people are insane. It is, you know, it's, it's, it's too easy to call it the handmaid's tale, but that's what it is. Well, you know, I think the issue of Roe goes back to the top issue of democracy because it's not just about abortion, right? Because mm-hmm. you're you're right. There's there's people who are, are out there that have considered themselves pro-life their entire life or their entire you know thought process behind abortion and really it's not about abortion itself it's about are we willing to let to let politicians and let the government federal state local tell us what we can and cannot do with our bodies in the privacy of a doctor's office about medical procedures i think that really goes to the heart of it and the other thing too jeff before we go is I think what they've really done with this row thing, not just uh, piss people off about freedom, but they have pissed women off. I mean, they have pissed them off. It seems like in almost all states, the registration is up and it's up among a very specific demographic, which is people who are at the tail end of these Republicans taking away someone's freedom. Um, Before we go, tell us one, uh, tell us if you think, if I'm spot on about that, women being well, pissed here. <laughs> I live in a I live in a house with four women over the age of twenty, uh, and I can attest that you are spot on. <laughs> they are pissed. They are <laughs> mad. Their friends are mad. They talk about it, and it's not just the women. It, it, it is it is uh, it's dads. It's right. brothers. It's people who who are saying they're they're looking in, in for the first time in their lives, you know, because it's been fifty years of of Roe being in place until it isn't fifty years of not having to seriously contemplate the alternative. The alternative people are finding out is uh, people dying potentially in emergency rooms because doctors aren't sure whether or not they can perform procedures that are necessary to save or protect the health of a, of a mother. Um, we're seeing people uh, facing criminal felony charges in possible prison over abortion. And people are like, what the hell has happened? We can't allow this to happen. We're going to turn out and vote. Well, before we go, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Do you have a shameless plug you'd like to give Jeff? 
Well, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Timmer. Uh, I, I uh, don't swear as much as Tony, but I come close. <laughs> oh, well, fuck. Well, come back and you can swear. You can swear as much as you want, anytime you want, right here always on the Tony welcome. Michaels. But yeah, always. The F word is always welcome here on our show, the Tony Michaels Podcast. Jeff, thanks a lot for joining us. I really appreciate it. Do not be shy. Uh, everyone, stick around. We'll be back with the shit list roundup. We're going to surf the Tweety Tweets and Twenty Trendy Trends before we bring on Michael Cohen at the bottom of the next hour. Thanks, Jeff. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Everyone, stick Bye. around. We'll be right back right after this break. What the fuck is wrong with you people? It's a rhetorical question at best. We'll be right back on the Tony Michaels Podcast. Letters from the Trucker Convoy. Dears Tammy, by the time we reached D.C., we was 50 strong in number. Some patriots ran out of gas along the way. We got plenty of Slim Jims and Skull. Near run out of Natty Light. Hope it don't rain tomorrow so we can circle the city again. Here's Bob. Dear Bob, I'm fixing to send you some more of them Doritos you like. The red bag, not the live loving blue one. In your absence, I discovered a rash on my neck, and no, it ain't no hickey, and I even seen my cousin Brody in ages. Stay strong. Wipe your ass at least once a day. Yours, Tammy. Fuck em, fuck em, fuck em, fuck em, fuck em, fuck em. We're back to the Tony Michaels Podcast. Welcome back to the show. We're going to do a quick round of shitless roundup. We want to surf the Tweety Tweet Journey Trends. We got plenty of Mike Lindell, my fellow Nazi videos to show you. We also have a video about this clown in Pennsylvania who wants to crown Donald Trump the President King of the United States, whatever the fuck that is. Oh my God, the fast food. The Woo. fast food content is, is heavy this morning, Boom. Gabe. What I am waiting. I am waiting for a comment from any of these fast food restaurants. Cause right. I mean, I don't know if people know this, but on social media, at least like in 2018, 2019, all of these, uh, companies, these brands mm -hmm. develop these like, uh, very existential or, or, or rather, uh, uh, almost like an these, alter ego, right? Yeah. They've got these personas now where they talk as if they're real things, right? Arby's is, is great at it. Arby's. Yeah. Is yeah. Great yeah. And it. there's, you know, Wendy's, uh, uh, yeah, Wendy's is good. Burns. Fro there's a bunch of frozen food items that I've mm -hmm. seen before the brands. They talk to each other. Burger King's another one. Right. But I am very curious to see if somewhere like a Wendy's or uh, an Arby's or, you know, a Hardee's wants to chime in and say, <laughs> you know, make some joke. Because I would definitely make a joke about maybe there's a, you know, if you use this discount code or whatever, <laughs> you get an item 50% off. Or 50% off uh, your cell phone being seized. I don't know. Let's do this because we don't got much time because Michael Cohen's coming on at the bottom of this hour. Hell yeah. In less than 30 minutes. We're going to have Michael Cohen on. We're going to ask him, Gabe, about the D.C. trip that Trump made on the golf course. What the hell he was out there talking about if mm -hmm. Michael knows anything about yeah, the about, golf That's trip. right. Yeah. If, he, if he knows anything about Trump having secret meetings, he's probably the guy to talk to you. So we're going to ask. We're also going to ask him about the Berman book mm -hmm. that Berman's going around talking about how 
uh, Donald Trump and Bill Barr are corrupt and they tried to snake him out of the SDNY. Oh, who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? So let's do this. Let's surf the Tweety Tweets and the Trendy Trends. Start the countdown. The shit list roundup where we round up all the tweety tweets and trendy trends. You have to know the news and we're going to keep you informed. And today there's a heavy fast food theme. Here is uh, mm-hmm. Adam Parkaminko. He said, who made this? Um, this uh, you were talking about uh, someone making a joke. This is See? apparently a hearty sign that says now serving my pillow guide to the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> so wherever the hell this hearty is, Hardy's is they have a fucking sense of humor. Yeah. Um, and for the West Coast people, a Hardy's is yes. known as a Carl's Jr. Yes. It's very confusing. It's very yeah, yeah. confusing. It's, well, to some it, you know, it's a it was a merger. They brought it together. They have very different demographics, but the menu items are almost identical. Right. And the star is the same too, right? The star is the same. The, the right heart, you know, one is I think called a thick burger, and the other one's like a charl broiled burger or something oh, like that. Oh, I see. I yeah. see. Here's another piece of news that I think everyone's not paying attention to that I want to show you. Uh, Kyle Stewart has it here. CIA director William Burns is in the Capitol this evening. He was being escorted by House Intel ranking member Turner, Speaker Pelosi, Intel Chair Schiff, and Leader McCarthy all went to the same location in the Capitol. Here is the um, here's the oh. picture of them walking. The CIA When the CIA director goes and meets with the Speaker of the House, um, the Intel chair, uh, Adam Schiff, the and uh, the minority leader McCarthy. Something's going on. Something's mm-hmm. going on. I'm just saying. I don't. I I actually don't know what it is, and I, I actually don't have no have any clue. idea. Uh, I think that's kind of the point with the CIA director being in the Capitol is we wouldn't yeah. know that kind of shit. Um, well, but obviously, secret, there's something know? going on, right? It is a secret. You know that's what else? They, that's how they work. You know what else is uh, a secret? Well, it's not really a secret. Um, Stuart Rhodes is going to trial. Oh. <laughs> you know what's funny about this is this fucking bonehead, uh, Kyle has it here. He, he says the judge tells Rhodes' lawyer the motion for a special master is nonsense. It, Stuart Rhodes is now trying to request request a special master. So they're literally like watching Trump do this shit and like, oh, well, we'll, we'll try that. That works. If Trump can do it, we can do it. And it just shows it just shows that the judge cannon is a fucking bonehead. And the other thing that it tells yeah. me is that this is this is just ridiculous that we're even playing this game with Trump because the judge won't even play the game with someone who was who was yeah. intending to commit violence at the I mean, Capitol. It, it's it is very much, you know, I'm glad there are other people who practice law and in law and order and actually look at this and say, this is the dumbest fucking thing i've ever heard of uh you would not nor should you be allowed to have this thing based on the crimes that you committed it's clearly out there and every time you try to challenge it the doj continues to reveal more information which is what i think what happened yesterday didn't they reveal more info uh more details unsealed 
Well, so the DOJ is requesting for the security footage at Mar-a-Lago to be unsealed. I right. Believe. Oh, that's all the way back to January yeah. 10th, which is a huge deal if that gets released. They're really boxing Trump. Well, bo- Trump is boxing himself oh, in yeah. here. But, I mean, it's it's what he typically does. I mean, uh, look, he, he would not have this problem if he just shut the fuck up. Yeah, he know? can't shut the fuck up, though, because here's his statement on Mike Lindell. The guy, the dude is commenting on the Mike Lindell Hardy's thing, election fraud, where looks like Lindell's going to be indicted in maybe this uh, Tina Peters case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, dude thinks Mike Lindell was raided. Literally, he said raided at Hardy's drive-thru. This is <laughs> this is the statement. He said, breaking news, Mike Lindell. And I don't know why he put in quotes, the pillow guy. Also, the right. pillow it's, guy. But he's the my pillow, yeah, not I, the. I don't, I don't, I don't the quotes. He loves the quotes. I don't understand what the fuck that means. He said he was raided by the FBI. He wasn't raided by the FBI. Generally, when you're raided, it's like at an office, a house, like a structure that you occupy. Yeah. Not, not, not your fucking Happy Meal box. Well, so, I guess I don't know what it's called at Hardee's. I so I, I, I watched the interview that Mike Lindell did on the Lindell Report, which is hosted on Lindell TV. So it's a great moment of historical kind of uh, 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 moment that was just kind of captured here. But what's happening is this guy goes and says, I was, uh, he says, not only was the FBI, oh, they were nice guys. They're actually pretty nice. He says that. So, you know, going against what Trump already says is one, he wasn't right. Like, what are they going to raid? The airspace he was standing in? He's literally <laughs> standing in the drive through talking to the FBI. And he was like, and Trump goes, oh, he was raided. Are you fucking raided. serious right now? How could you raid the open space that is around you? You can't. He gave the phone willingly over to the FBI because his attorney that he spoke to on the phone before he handed it said, yeah, give them the phone. Now I'm going to go to some video of Mike Lindell explaining the situation, but this is the best piece of Mike Lindell content ever posted on the internet. This is, you can see Mike Lindell, the pillow guy sitting there in front of his two phones. He has two phones in this picture, by the way, which by the way, in the video, he says he only has one phone. He runs all five businesses. He doesn't have a computer, which I find that to be complete bullshit based on the fact that he had these interviews last night. He had a phone or an angle from this side, and then he was giving the, the interview from directly in front of him. So I'm having a hard time thinking that he has only one phone. Right, right. Well, here he is recording something or something, but this is a great piece of content. Let's watch uh, the first bit of this. Because we have direct response. So we don't have that now, Brandon. We don't have that. So we got to hope that they pick it up. Love you, man. You were true patriots. No, oh, I'm sorry about that. that keep fighting, man. Okay. Keep fighting. Don't don't let he's the lip. live on TV. Okay. Yeah. Now he watch is, as this yeah. guy backs up as he's live on TV. This is this this video encapsulates Mike Lindell and his entire his entire personality. Watch this. Tarts. Call your names. Don't let them call you an ethnically dubious <laughs> pillow pusher. Now look here, Mike Lindell. I'm going to pause it here. Is in his underwear. Yeah. Now this is this is not like in some kind of private room or something. This seems to be in a courtyard of a hotel somewhere. Somebody. So I shared this video yesterday, and somebody commented, and I don't know if this is true, but they said this was at a courtyard at some hotel in San Diego, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I've been there before." I've stayed in one. Were of those they rooms. there in their underwear, like in the courtyard? But they or said, yeah, I, like, I didn't know. It's like a normal thing. It's like an underwear. I don't courtyard think that's a normal thing in San Diego. Oh, okay. I got that you. I know. I got of. You. 
I don't know. Well, I, I just think there's like an there. underwear courtyard. Like they encourage people to just be in their underwear because Mike like Lindell clearly is jacket yeah. in his underwear doing a TV interview. And again, I want to point out he's got two phones here, not mm -hmm. just one. He's got two. So he either stole someone's phone or he actually has two phones. But let's go to the uh, the footage where uh, let's see. I think yeah. Should we play the one that you posted? Is that the one you want to play? Is the, uh, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, him. Yeah, we can go with that one. Uh, so let's go with this one because uh, there's. I mean, there's just he can't stop talking this, about this. I I watched this whole thing last night and I found some very interesting stuff. But this is how he starts the story of how the raid or the you know him the his seizure of his phone started. <laughs> oh my. Okay, let's listen. And we go through a Hardy's drive-through. We pull around the back and we're just about going through. We pull through the drive-through. They take the order. We pull up and she says, pull ahead, you know, because they had to make the order. Part of it wasn't done. We pull ahead and a car comes perpendicular and parks like a little ways in front of us. And, I, and I've been around the block and I said to my buddy, I said, um, that's either a bad guy or it's, it's FBI. I, I said that straight up. I said that straight up. I so, said that straight up. Guys, I, he's been around the block. He said it straight up. I, I can't. So he literally knows that the FBI has been watching him because he, yeah, his, because he's admitting that his first thought is, oh shit, I'm in big trouble. Right. Like it's either a bad and guy. He was, com he was coming back from hunting, by the way. He was like hunting ducks or something he was mentioning in the interview. And they're like, they could have picked me up before that, but they decided to wait until I went through the dry, the Hardy's drive through, which I'm like, well, you know, I, Cool. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean when hilarious. you're in the drive-thru, the, the, it makes sense, really. Yeah. If you're following someone and they go through the drive-thru, they're like, hey, they're going to have to stop at the window to grab their food. So right. they're going to be distracted and it's going to be easy to, you know, really corner them and really, because you can't get out of your car, you're right against the fucking right. window, right? And the fact that he was hunting, had a gun on him. Probably oh, they were like, look, we, we shouldn't try to, we don't want to raise the stakes and heighten the tension like, like right pull now. Like him over and shit Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Like if you've got weapons on you or you're armed at the moment when you're fucking shooting ducks, maybe we should just wait until you're more relaxed at a Hardy's right. drive-thru. You're ready, you're ready for that burger and the shake. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think Mike Lindell orders at Hardy's? I, I'm not, I'm not a Hardy's. I order, so. don't even know what is at a Hardy's. I mean, I, I mean, I have. Burgers, I don't know. You tell me. Sandwiches. I well, sure. I, I Why well, again? I, I don't. I. I. I don't go to Hardee's that often. I'm not a Hardee's yeah. fan. Well, I haven't been uh, to a Hardee's in a long time, and let alone a, a uh, Carl's Jr. out here in, in California. Oh, okay, I get you. I get you. Well, let, let's. Here's another video. This was played on Fox News. See, this is the other angle. So this is this the bullshit is the same, that he was. This is the same shit. This just is a different angle. He's, he's live streaming, recording. Here, here's the context for it. He's doing a video, a live stream on Facebook simultaneously while he's doing the interview on the Lindell report that is on Lindell TV from frankspeech.com. So he does he have another stream the fucking interview that Dude, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. This fucking guy. Okay, let's let's listen here. Says, uh, FBI said, show me your badges. So they show one badge. I said, how about yours? You know, I'm, I, you know, I don't trust anybody. Like, you know, there's bad people. Well, they do that. And they said, what do you want? And, and uh, says we need to talk to you. So I pull over, and uh... <laughs> oh Lord! And uh, um, we have more um, 
more news and fast food. And I, I'd love to stay on Mike Lindell for, I don't know, hours. Yeah. But there's, uh, we there's endless amounts of content and right, I will have, a, I'm working on a, what was that to hopefully come out later today. That is on exactly why Mike Lindell was, uh, what had his phone seized from him. Well, I don't know if uh, the guy, the clown at the Dairy Queen in in Pennsylvania had a phone on him, but uh, he definitely had a gun on him and he was wearing a Trump wig. I mean, a clown wig. But listen to this report. Now, when I first watched this video, I'm like, what the hell is this about? It it takes a huge MAGA right turn um, at one point in this local news report. Watch this. And it's fortunate no one was hurt. Delmont police say this all started as a 911 call for an erratic driver along State Route 66. Police say the caller reported seeing a man wearing a safety vest and rainbow clown wig get out of his vehicle with a gun in his hand before walking into this Dairy Queen. Delmont police say an officer was nearby and responded immediately and met the man as he was coming out of the store, <laughs> taking him into custody without incident. Police say the man had a loaded 40 caliber handgun in his pocket. Jesus. Search also found two more loaded handguns in his vehicle. When police asked him about the weapons, police tell us the man said he was, quote, <laughs> undercover and working to restore Trump as president. King Holy of the United States. Are you fucking he serious? Said he was armed to kill Democrats and liberals and protect himself from drug traffickers. The owner of the Dairy Queen declined to comment on the incident. The Delmont police chief tells us he believes his officer prevented a possible mass casualty type situation. Police did file charges but they have not identified the suspect. Whoosh. Sake, my so God. this guy, this guy is, he thinks he's undercover. So he's wearing a clown. And I, I misspoke. I said a flag no jacket earlier, but I think right. Exactly. He's camouflage. Um, he's got a clown wig on, but he's got a safety vest. So I'm assuming that it, maybe it's an orange or neon vest. I thought they meant flak jacket earlier mm. when I watched it. Cause I was so focused on the president King. What the hell is that president? I, well, King? that's the same type of stuff you hear that time. Oh, the, they want to restore the MAGA King, Donald Trump, I Jr. The so. guy who is fascinated, Jesus whether through Christ. its nepotism desire to be rewarded through nepotism, or there's some other weird fucking uh, kink that he's into but don jr always sends out texts and emails as like hey restore the maga king donate to the maga king my dad is the maga king here's a photo of my dad is the maga king it's fucking weird man there's a weird king. kind of obsession just because he's looking for his daddy's little love you know but President this is the same king. the same it's crazy it's, it's the same language too. kill democrats and liberals that we saw during the january 6th committee hearings right it's about, the QAnon stuff it's right, kind of exactly. that right well, um, speaking of people who are worried about January 6th, it sounds like Laura Ingraham is a little concerned about everyone getting their cell phones seized. Uh, she had this lawyer. Uh, you, you've done a couple of tweets about him here. I fucking um, hate this, this guy, dude. He's so this dumb. This guy's a fucking idiot. But he, he, he's got the shittiest legal takes. Maybe we should do another uh, shitty oh, legal this is, on this This day. will definitely be an episode of okay, shitty legal good, takes. Good. But um, um, th this here, this is on Laura Ingraham's show and they're talking about it, they're talking about phones being seized and Laura seems very concerned that her phone might be seized. I don't know, I'm just saying. Let's watch. It's almost as if they're seizing phones of anyone who might have communicated with the president or anyone who's close with the president. She seems a little concerned here I about mean, if she cuz remember, yeah, we saw the January 6th select committee um out 
Sean Hannity and Laura Ingraham here texting, not the president, but Mark Meadows Mm -hmm. about, hey, you're destroying our reputation. So she knows how to communicate with the guy who she's concerned that could cause maybe her electronic device to be seized. Is that what you're getting here? That's the bye-bye. I mean, that's exactly what I'm picking up on. You would think, here's the thing, you would absolutely think that these fucking boneheads would understand why they're getting their phones seized and their houses legally searched. Like at a certain point after observing all these other people who are like, oh, we found out they committed this crime or they were doing this illegal thing or they were doing this. You would think at a certain point they would go, oh yeah, you know what? This makes total sense while they took my stuff. But no, they can't because they're like, we are the hero of this story. We're not the villain. We're the ones who are trying to repair and restore democracy, but we're actually trying to fucking steal it, you know? Right. It's Monday night wrestling and we're the good guy wink, but listen to the, listen to the take that this guy follows up with Laura's just frightened question here. Let's listen. Cause it, it, Oh, it's a shitty legal take for sure. Am I on a limb here or what? This is scary stuff, Laura. We started out where they were going after Trump for non-crimes of keeping his presidential records at Mar-a-Lago. Okay. Okay. So this guy goes on Fox News. Mike mm-hmm. Davis is his name. What yeah, a, Mike Davis. You know, not, not surprising that Mike Davis. You know how many Mike Davises there are? Like, yeah. this is he also worked He also worked for Gorsuch, too. Oh, did he really? Well, yeah, that I think he was a... Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is Article Three Project President? Article Three Project is his group, his organization. Oh, I and see. they they are one of these right. They got great hot takes too. Or oh is man, it just, they got is it just lots camp? of hot takes. Yeah, if you look at their <laughs> shit, but it's uh, it's it's just an organization that he created. That he's a founder, I believe. Uh, and they come in and they, you know, they do consultant. Uh, consultant kind of services for different people who commit crimes to try to PR. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's them. It's crimes also trying, aren't crimes, right? You know, <laughs> formulating the legal argument around why some right should be taken away from someone. You know, it's hilarious that you have to have probable cause to take these things. Now, regardless of what the investigation actually, you know, the fruit that bears the investigation, whether it's an indictment, a conviction, a prison sentence, whatever, you actually have to have probable cause. Now, we know that law enforcement is good about, um, you know, making up probable cause. But this guy is going a bit too far when he's saying the things that that he's saying about non-crimes like i love yeah. how he says non guys it wasn't a big deal. non-crimes okay crime. look no there are no crimes committed it's fine you know right it, non-crimes let's let's listen uh now they're going after his 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 supporters they're going after after his supporters for apparently the non-crime of questioning an election you have to have a predicate crime in order to have grand jury subpoenas and warrants which that's what they have that's what oh they got, God. dude. Dude doesn't even realize that but the it's, warranty yeah. and the shit is actually coming from. Does he think they fucking made this shit up in the kitchen or something before uh, they walked dude, out? I'm telling you, when like when we were talking with Jeff earlier, this is this honestly reminds me of uh, National Treasure. It's this idea that they have to take the thing, commit the crime to avoid the other person from taking the thing or committing the crime. And this is an example right here. Was like, well, it had to had to justify getting this, uh, getting people to ask the question of whether it was a fair election. But by doing so, we had to commit a crime to make question of it, whether it was a fair election. And that is the argument that they're trying to create. It's like, look, we had to commit it to show it was broken for you to guys look at and say, hey, look, it's broken, right? And right. it wasn't ever well, an issue unless you broke it. 
it's the same thing where they break shit intentionally and then they 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 have a band-aid fix. They're like, look, we fixed it a little bit. Uh, right. Aren't right, look, you there happy? was a problem that we created and we right. we fixed it. Right. Let's let's continue with this hot take from Mike Generic Davis. What's the crime they're investigating? Questioning the, the election. We're not a third world uh, Marxist hellhole. Yes, what is this third world Marxist hellhole bullshit? They keep trying. To I don't know. They just—it's just the buzzwords. It's just like how many, how many fucking freak out, you know, MAGA king buzzwords can we throw? It's almost like they're going to his 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 fraud social post to figure out how to write these scripts. It really is fucking. It, it is. It is a jumble crazy. of of uh of just buzzwords for sure i mean they're it's just trump buzzwords where he says marxist socialist third world hellhole leftist laptop from hell like all of those things you just throw them into a blender and then this guy's like yeah let me throw a couple legal words around these and i think i've won over the audience good we'll make it good we'll make it good I mean, we'll um, make it the goodest for sure. Right. The goodest of ever in the good of good yeah. in the history of ever, ever, ever was. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Speaking of boneheads in the history of ever, ever was. Here's Lady G. Lindsey Graham yesterday. You know, you pointed out something earlier. He's the white dude standing in front of a, a, a line of women mm-hmm. talking about how he if you just elect him and the Republicans and you put them in power, how he is going to take away your freedom. Let's listen to this nonsense. So I look forward to the debate. I look forward to the vote. If we take back the house and the Senate, I can assure you we'll have a vote on our bill. If the Democrats are in charge, I don't know if we'll ever have a vote on our bill. So there it is. There it is, folks. The only reason you need to go vote is that if the Republicans take back power in the Senate, and the House, they will take away your freedom. That's what they want. That's what they're campaigning on. Mm-hmm. And if the Democrats get elected, they will codify your freedom and make sure that you have it yeah. from now until the end of time. There's a difference. Your choice yeah. is autocracy or democracy here. It's just absolutely flabbergasting well, that yeah. Lindsey Graham walked straight into this. Or is, or am I just off my no, I mean, like he walks straight up, said as a white man who's never experienced any of these things that a woman will and says, hey, well, you know what? I think we should have a national ban. You know, despite again, when we talked to Jeff earlier in the show, he was says like, yeah, this is all a state's right issue is what they were debating and saying it should be. And now they're saying this should actually be a national ban. So, again, Republicans will go back on their word, contradict, be hypocrites, project. That is the playbook that they go by. And they look at themselves as, oh, no, we're we're the ones who fix the problem, right? Like, give us the right to to rule over you and we will remove your rights is basically the the party platform of the Republican Party right now. One more thing before we go, and I mentioned it in the first A block before we go to Michael Cohen, because after the break <laughs> here, we're going to bring on Michael Cohen, uh, the former attorney of Donald Trump. And I'm going to ask him we're going to ask him about that D.C. trip to the golf course, what the secret meeting was about, what he thinks that meeting was about. But also we're going to ask him about Berman and his book tour and how he's making these accusations. I'm going to find out more about that. But um, Jojo from Jersey, she's a friend of the show here. Mm-hmm. She went to the White House yesterday. There was pictures yeah. of her with, with the president, uh, Joe Biden. It didn't seem like he was dark, Brandon, at that point. He was well, just Joe yeah, Biden. It was, it was out right. in the daylight. So, right. Know. 
Right, because he kind of switches back and forth right. between dark. He had the sunglasses on, so you couldn't right. see the laser oh, eyes. That, I see, thing. I see what it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you want, speaking of dark Brandon, if you want some dark Brandon merch, do it. Go to store.thetonymichaels.com. Get your dark Brandon t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, and stickers. Gabe, these dark Brandon shirts are flying off the shelves. Mm-hmm. Everyone likes this exclusive design we have here for these dark Brandon shirts. Don't miss our design. Oh, yeah. You want to wear that everywhere. But Joe says here, I guess my description of how Joe Biden smells triggered crackhead snowflakes. Confession, I had been drinking. Literally, (laughs) Newsweek wrote a story about how she tweeted that Joe Biden smelled because someone asked her under the picture. This is what Newsweek is following up on here. As our democracy is burning, as Jeff said, I don't understand this. Now, I'm just pointing this out because Joe is a friend of the show. In the last commercial we played, uh, Trucker Convoy, Joe wrote that commercial. Mm-hmm. She Or she wrote that script. Um, you do the intro. You edited it. And I do the, I do Bob. She does Tammy. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, we're, J- Joe is a friend of the show here. And we love Becky Sue. Becky Sue, the character that Joe does, has been on the show in yeah. the satire form. But Gabe, can can you tell me? Is this fucking what? What are they doing? What What are they? I don't know. I well, I think they have obviously with everything. They have a difficulty of understanding what is like. She's making. She's like, oh yeah, he smelled nice, right? But she's going to exaggerate it as part of a thing to be like, oh, he smelled like hot cocoa when you're sitting in front of a fireplace and it's snowing outside and the kids are running around the house having fun. There's you know joy, a buzz, and all this stuff. Like she's giving detail to add to the joke, which is. Right. He doesn't smell like shit like Trump, right? Because that's what she's getting at. She's saying, oh, he smells good. <laughs> right. Well, the, he well and the other thing, too, is like, makes me warm and safe that there's like a normal, decent, which that's a fucking low bar, yeah. m- normal, decent person with empathy at the head of our state, which is crazy, which is yeah. crazy because the exact opposite is we have the Cheeto dust mobster, Grandpa Poopy Pants, Donald Trump himself, apparently... Apparently, Gabe, we we watched some video of him maybe having secret meetings on a golf course in D.C. There yeah. was big fanfare when he landed. No golf in clubs. DC. No golf clubs. He had golf shoes on when he landed. Yeah. Some people thought he was being arrested, indicted. Some thought maybe he was going to Walter Reed. But it seems like he was having meetings on the golf course. And we're going to talk to Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's former attorney, about that. And not only that, but about Berman and Michael Cohen's new book coming out. Uh, Mm -hmm. revenge so stick around everyone right after this break we have michael cohen coming right up so don't go anywhere we'll be right back with michael cohen right after these messages what the fuck is wrong with you people it's a rhetorical question at best we'll be right back on the tony michaels podcast fellow patriots What would you do if there was a Trump supporter right in front of you, crying in pain because they have to live under communist tyranny? We know what you would do. You'd reach out and give that true American a hand. Now, here's your chance. For only $50 a day, you can help us help those true Americans recover from Biden's socialist reign of terror. These are those Trump supporters, and this is that moment. Send your donation via Venmo to the real president, Donald J. Trump. It's only $50 a day, recurring. And it means you'll get these Trump supporters the critical help they so desperately need 
to survive under this false regime. Please donate now, because those Trump supporters you just saw can't wait another moment. Fuck em, fuck em, fuck em, fuck em, fuck em, fuck em. We're back to the Tony Michaels Podcast. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for sticking through the break. Very special guest today. Going to give us some insight, hopefully, on this uh, D.C. golf course trip to Virginia. But he's also going to talk about uh, Berman. Uh, Gabe, I got to show you this tweet from Michael Cohen. He <laughs> says he says here, uh, he says, many are asking me why Mr. Mushroom <laughs> Butter was at his D.C. golf course which is really in Virginia. He says to play golf. My sources say he was meeting with two lawyers in secrecy and mm. didn't trust being in their offices, probably because of like recording devices. Notice yeah. there are no golf clubs on the co- on the cart. So he pointed this out uh, in this picture. And you see here the Cheeto Dust mobster running around the golf course in golf shoes, mind yeah. you, in golf attire, if that's what you call this, with no golf, what was he golfing with? I don't know. Let's, I don't let's know. do this. There's actually another photo I want to get uh, uh, Michael's uh, feedback Opinion. on. But yeah, yeah, sure. Well, let's let's do this. Let's bring in Michael Cohen. Michael, how are you? Hey, Tony. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great, my friend. Listen, there's a lot of fanfare of why he landed in D.C. Everyone is speculating that night. It was late at night. A lot of people didn't have the information. They didn't know why he was there. I believed certain things at the time because Donald Trump really doesn't go anywhere without the red carpet rolled out. Right. So I knew that there was something afoot. So tell us about when you heard the news that he landed in DC, when there was no real fanfare, he had golf shoes on. Everyone's like, what the hell is going on? What's your first initial thought when you, when you watch that video? Okay. So we need to refer to him with his proper name and that's Mr. Mushroom putter. All right. Uh, that's that's to start. Of course, that's a combination of his golfing acumen and his sexual relationship with Stormy Daniels. All right. Just to, in case your your followers, your viewers uh, were unaware. But I didn't. Uh, I refused to comment. And so many different people had asked me, you know, what do I think was going on here? Why was Trump there? You know, I saw uh, a sheriff's vehicle. I saw, um, you know, other people outside of Secret Service. And I didn't want to start to speculate because at the end of the day, a lot of people who did speculate look very stupid. Um, Why was he there? My sources told me that he didn't want to go to meet with two lawyers regarding a, and I don't know which case it is considering he's got a slew of them right now. So he didn't want to go to their offices because he didn't want people to know that he was in DC and that um, you know, he was there at a law firm, which, of course, in his mind, uh, automatically implicates him again in something. And so he would he wanted to have it's almost like a power play, very much like what he did or tried to do with Tish James by having the Secret Service claim that going to Tish James office downtown would pose a security risk for him. Uh, so he likes things on his own terms. Uh, he didn't get it. Uh, with the attorney general here in New York. But when you're paying your lawyers, assuming he's even paying, it's okay to get them to come out to Virginia (laughs) to his Trump National D.C. golf course to see him to talk about, obviously, a strategy. 
Well, we're, I've got a picture here that Gabe has uh, shown us. And here it How is. How you doing there, Gabe? Hey, good. Uh, so here's the picture, Michael, of them on the golf course. Now, they got some flags, no golf clubs. It looks like maybe some grounds people. I don't know if they're like plotting out another burial site or something right. where he can bury more documents. Right. But what, so, what, what so, the hell is going so, on Tony, here in this picture? Look, I try to tell this to people all the time. The Trump Organization was not Mafia Inc. There was no killings and hidings of bodies and burying them in Central Park <laughs> or on a golf course or so on. So if we can also add that picture back in, if the people can still see me. So let me sort of walk you through. Obviously, you see Donald right there. You see the tall guy to his right in the picture? That's Eric Trump. You see the little guy next to Eric? That's Lawrence Glick. Larry Glick runs golf at the Trump Organization. Rest assured, one of these guys is probably Secret Service. That would be probably the guy in, in white, uh, considering he looks like he's in good shape. But the rest of the guys, especially the one holding <laughs> the golf course markers, the guy, is is he's not looking to figure out where they're going to bury somebody like Michael Cohen, you know, or maybe moving Ivana's body from Bedminster to Washington, D.C., because it's a better view of the Potomac. <laughs> That's not what's happening. They're probably talking about, in my estimation, Trump is losing the ability, thanks to uh, Mayor Eric Adams, to use the Trump golf course, the Lynx golf course in Ferry Point, which is in Yonkers, uh, for a live golf tournament. That's probably what's happening. They're trying to figure out, you know, where to go, what to do. Now, let me say this to you also. Donald Trump likes an audience. That should be nothing new to you, nothing new to your viewers. He likes an audience. So he got everybody there, the groundskeeper, and he got the general manager. He has his son there, Larry Glick, blah, blah, blah. And they're all standing there listening to this Talmud Chacham, right, which is a Yiddish word for a genius amongst geniuses, <laughs> pointing out where he wants to move a fucking flag to or where he wants to move, the, you know, or the, the hole in the grave. Who knows what he was talking about because they all look fucking bored out of their door, <laughs> all right? It's just, it is what it is. They're all sitting there, especially the guy in the purple at the end, right? He's like, oh, God, can somebody talk to me? I can't listen to this shit anymore, Right. I mean, he looks as disinterested <laughs> as we all are in the Mike Lindell taking of his phones. The poor bastard. All right. I mean, that's that's really the truth. And so, no, this is not a group of mafia guys figuring out anything. They're just a group. They're a group of halfwits, including the former president, trying to figure out where to move a tea box. That's about what this is all about. And the reason that Donald likes the big audience is because there are members that are going to be playing through. And so, of course, because Donald's there and they're still members of his eponymous golf course and a bunch, obviously, of stupid, sycophantic maggots, what are they doing? They're setting it up so that he looks like he's busy and important so that these people who post this crap, right, see Donald with a slew of people around him. You probably could have done this with just the guy holding the flags, you know, the uh, the team markers. Right, you see him there in the, in the uh, the maroon or red red shirt, uh, Michael. <laughs> because I looked at this picture and I was like, uh, these don't look like mobsters to me. It really looked like to me either he was saying where he wanted to move a body uh, that is at Bedminster, or he was like, I can't hit this hole good enough. Can we move it closer? Can we move it closer so I look better? Because we know he cheats in golf. Oh, like yeah, but Tony, so else. what would be the difference? He cheats anyway. Did you ever see there's a video out there of Trump standing on, obviously, one of his courses on a tee? Uh, and they asked him, 
uh, oh, Mr. President, Mr. President, though he's not the president, how many times have you had a hole in one in your life? And you know what this lying sack of shit says? <laughs> Seven. <laughs> Seven times he's hit hole in ones, right? It's just not true, right? And the funniest, then they ask Eric Trump, how many have you hit? And he goes, yeah, I haven't had one yet. I haven't been lucky enough. I mean, the guy will lie about anything. I mean, it's truly incredible that he has no, there's, he has no compunction not to lie, regardless of how irrelevant it is. Do you really care, right, if you have a hole in one or not? Is your name going up on some sort of a plaque, you know, um, you know, somewhere other than in one of your golf course bathrooms? Well, he might make one. He might make yeah. one. He might yeah, make one. I mean, course, he did put of, himself of on Time Magazine, right? So, well, that is true, <laughs> at but, least once. Right. Well, so, <laughs> and by but, the way, he happens to be the greatest lover in all, in all of the the world. Oh, Just I'm sure. you know, <laughs> ask uh, oh, ask Marla, uh, who attested Ooh. to that in the New York Post. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, uh, Michael. So I want to get back a little bit to these two lawyers because I think. I think the distraction of him, you know, figuring out if he's going to be able to have the Saudis at this golf course because he gave them all these classified documents possibly. And, you know, he's got to receive his payment somehow. Maybe. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just snowballing there. Um, what about the two lawyers makes significance that he's in this at this golf course that's so close to D.C.? What do you think is the significance? Because. It feels like to me when you did, because you did a video that you put around on social media about this, it feels like there is some significance in that, at least. I know we're joking about, you know, him standing here with a bunch of buffoons, you know, trying to mark where he can be better at golf. But really, at the heart of this, what do you think the, the lawyers meeting close to D.C., what do you think the significance of that is? Yeah, it probably has to do with either interrogatories that he is required to respond to, possibly even a subpoena. But again, you know, I hate these hypotheticals. And that's one of the things, the damaging things that Trump has done to this country, more so almost than anything. He's made us second guess every single thing that's happening, whether it's the DOJ, whether it's Congress. It doesn't make a difference. He makes us second guess and all of these hypotheticals. The the number of, of emails and text messages and tweets and you name it, asking me about this group of schlemiels that are standing there and why. You know, it's, to me, again, it's making us double think our lives and the fact that our government is there to serve us. So I believe that it's probably, and again, I hate these hypotheticals, but as I did say it on my tweet, my source told me that he then later in, you know, in the day met with two lawyers, uh, probably lawyers that are working on one of the plethora of cases <laughs> that are now uh, confronting him. Well, and I think that's that's important, too, is that um, at a time where, you know, and, and that's what told, that's what I took from the landing of him in D.C., like a time mm -hmm. where he's under so many investigations. And I would play the video of Sean Hannity giving us every single investigation that he's under on Fox yeah. News, which was incredible, by I the saw way. That. that was it, incredible. It was incredible <laughs> that he would just be like, hey, you want to know how many cr crimes Trump is being investigated for? Here's a whole list. And it took what like Sean should minutes. have said there, Tony is these are the crimes that Trump is actually guilty of, but he hasn't been charged yet with all of them. He 
he's yeah. already been charged with obviously the tax evasion, bank fraud, misrepresentation, and so on by um, our Attorney General Tish James. The Trump Organization goes to trial uh, in October regarding uh, the same exact the same exact thing: the inflation of his net worth and the deflation of the assets for tax purposes. And that's by um, started by Cy Vance and now being continued by Alvin Bragg. You also have coming up, and I believe it may even be tomorrow, you have um, Tom Barrick's case, uh, which has to do with the presidential inaugural committee, as well as other um, you know, matters that he's being looked into. I mean, every single one of those, we all know in, our, in the pit of our stomach that Donald is guilty of these. But yet somehow the Teflon Don, this, you know, this snake in the grass, has managed to escape or not so much as escape as to delay the prosecution, very much like what he's trying to do with the Marilardo raid, where they came and they took documents. Again, as a, as a former lawyer, considering I was disbarred for him, you know, getting his pecker pulled by a porn star. <laughs> what what is what's happening here is it's amazing that he and even the judges, Eileen Cannon, believe that Donald Trump can declare privilege over stolen documents that don't belong to him. I mean, if you're not scratching your head and saying, what the fuck? Seriously? So it's almost like I would go into a bank, steal money, and then I would say, before I turn the money over to you, or you're allowed to take the money from me, I want you to identify every single serial number. And the fact that I didn't say that it's not all mine. I'm just saying that some of it is mine, and therefore I'm entitled to withhold the money back. I mean, it's just that stupid. And how they managed to get away with it, I don't know. But what's worse is that it could potentially delay um, the case even further. And knowing the way Trump likes to do it, considering I was involved in creation of that playbook, he's going to try to look to delay this thing for like a year. But fortunately, you know, we have. Uh, an excellent, excellent Congress member who heads the House Oversight Committee, and I'm referring to Carolyn Maloney. Now, Carolyn Maloney put forth yesterday a document demanding that NARA, which is the uh, National Archives, that they send Trump a letter. And in that letter, it was a fabulous, you should go and look for it. It was a letter to NARA from Carolyn Maloney on behalf of the House Oversight Committee, to which she chairs stating that she and the committee want NARA to send a letter to Trump demanding that he, under oath and pursuant and subject to the penalties of perjury, file a document, an affidavit stating that there are no additional documents in his possession, that he is unaware of the location of any documents on off-site locations, as well as the fact that he is unaware of anyone else who may have seen or have possession of these classified documents. Now, he's not going to sign that no matter what, which, of course, implicates him. Otherwise, why would you not sign it? Look, I would sign it. I know I never gave any of these top secret documents to anyone. I've never shown them because I've never had possession. The fact that he probably would not do that would really be an indication that he, you know, that he has done it. And now we have to find out what actual documents are missing from those multitude of top secret folders that when opened were empty. Here's that, uh, here's that story here. Chairman, Chairwoman uh, Maloney asked NARA uh, to ass assess missing presidential records 
from former President Trump. He keeps saying this, this Presidential Records Act, like this Presidential Records Act is a thing that's going to protect him, but it's actually the the law that he broke, or one right. of them. Well, here. you also have him and, you know, TV lawyer Jim Trusty on TV saying, Article 2, Article 2, guys, Article 2 gives him all the power. We're actually going to be looking into Article 2. Like, they keep saying it, but it's like, that is not what Article 2 gives you as a president in terms of power. That That is no, I mean, but it's typical Trump to be like, look, if I say it enough times, then it's true, right? Like if I post it enough times on True Social or I post it on Facebook or or, or wherever you know, for other people to post, it becomes true, right? Well, then you like, have sure, but then you have Alina Haba out there, and if you can oh, find yeah. that clip, that's probably one of the best oh, wow. clips Do we have that clips? I've ever seen. So Alina Haba is up there, basically stating that Donald Trump, despite the fact he is not the president any longer, has absolute um, immunity. He has executive privilege. And that he is absolute immunity from any prosecution and that he was entitled to do what he wanted because, well, first of all, he declassified every document, (laughs) which we know is not true, considering (laughs) there's a process that goes on. And nobody other than Donald Trump himself, because remember, there were probably three people there. Right. Um, And if you're Donald, it's like me, myself and I attesting to the fact that, <laughs> yes, I did say it. Just ask me, and I will tell you. And it's unbelievable. The guy many, is truly, he's nuts, because many smart people have heard me say it. And there's nobody that's there. And is he talking about me, myself, and I? Are those yeah, the people? Many people are saying. Quite frankly, many people. Quite frankly, I, I, I declassified. I declassified documents <laughs> that I stole that I shouldn't have even had. I, you know, I'm allowed to do that. I have total, I have total power. I'm the king. I mean, that's really the problem, folks, is the fact that the guy legitimately didn't see himself as the 45th president of the United States. He saw himself as this monarch or this king. And, you know, that's legitimately what he wants. And the saddest, the saddest of these maggots that is still running around believing that Donald is really the president and he's pulling the strings of Joe Biden. I mean, some of these people really should be, you know, um, put into a psych ward. Because if you could truly believe that, it's hard to imagine what these people actually do and that they have to interact with the public. Well, you know, uh, back to the President King thing, because um, you've been speaking out against uh, Berman. And um, I think this story's kind of getting shuffled to the to the side here, but you're trying to bring it to the forefront. Um, tell us about Berman's book and what he's saying and really what what is coming out of the SDNY. It seems strange. Well, I guess not with Bill Barr and Donald Trump, the president king, the MAGA king, as it were. But tell us about what's going on over there. OK, so actually, I cover this topic in Tremendous detail. I have a book that's coming out on October 11th. And in fact, yesterday I got the first, I got the first book. Uh, it's the first one off the assembly line. So they sent it to me. The rest are now in shipment over to Amazon, Barnes and Noble and various other. I'll show it to you. I was so, yeah, yeah, I was so happy. Nice. With it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 I, it's well, I made that. I made the graphic for you. So if anyone wants to go to well, revenge dash the book.com, we've got the link in the, in the, uh, in the description there too. Right, for, or you can go to Amazon or Barnes right. and wherever you buy your books, but I do this in great detail. Now, let me just jump into Jeffrey Berman for a second. The book is bullshit. I don't even know a nicer way to say it as it relates to me. First and foremost, as I have been saying 
all along that the Southern District of New York, who call themselves the Sovereign District of New York, they act in a manner which is really inconsistent with law. The problem, though, is that they are the law. It's their baseball field. It's their bat. It's their ball. It's their plates. Right. And it's their it's it's their team. And so you're basically a loner. And that's what happened, you know, especially to me when I tried. I never knew what they were charging for. They raided my property. Um, you know, they took 10 million documents from me. Right. I was given by Judge um, Jones, who is also up for potentially being the special master in Trump's case on Mar-a-Lago, which would be interesting. Um, I, I was given 40 days to go through 10 million documents. And I did it in less than that. So you could imagine that the 11,000 documents that Trump, you know, has to go through to de- you know, to claim it's not client attorney client privilege should be very very easy. It should take no more than a week. Okay. Going back to Jeffrey Berman. First of all, why he recused himself? He doesn't really tell the truth on that. Berman's brother had a relationship with David Pecker, and they used David Pecker in order to testify against me to a grand jury. Um, despite the fact that they obviously knew of the relationship between uh, Jeffrey Berman's brother and David Pecker uh, as had something to do with George Magazine. And I believe Michael Berman is actually Jeffrey Berman's brother. Point, in fact, it goes on. And then you have all of this in, you know, interference by Bill Barr, who in essence is Jeffrey Berman's boss, being told by the Attorney General, Bill Barr's boss, Donald Trump, that we want to have these matters reversed, uh, even after the plea, which I was forced to take the plea. And all of this, by the way, folks, is in the sentencing memo that I gave to the judge who didn't give a shit. Judge William H. Pauley III, he didn't care. The prosecutors knew it, and they wanted to bury it. And they didn't care. I gave them the documents. I gave them everything showing. I don't, unlike Manafort, I never had money overseas, fake invoices. And all of this is covered in incredible detail, including documents that just that demonstrate that what they did is they put a gun to my head and said on a Friday at 5.30 p.m., if you don't plead guilty to what we tell you to plead guilty tomorrow, because right? even they didn't know, we're filing an 85-page indictment and we're going to include your wife. And when I found out what they were going to get my wife for, when Trump was paying me back the 35000 per month for the work that I, you know, for the outlaying the money with Stormy Daniels and some other things, I was the subject second time of um, identity theft. And we knew who the guy was. I have pictures of him. The FBI, the secret, everybody was looking. They all knew where he lived. Nobody grabbed him yet, which made no sense to me. So what happens is we froze all of my personal accounts because the guy was running around with a driver's license, a New York driver's license, with all of my information on it uh, and his picture. And he was cleaning out my bank accounts. I think he took like $11,000 until we shut it all down. So instead, um, what happened is I gave my wife the checks that would come in and she would deposit it into the account that I took my name off of that had her name only. So they were going to indict her as a co-conspirator to the hush money payments. Now, I'm married 28 years, love this woman with all my heart, and there was no way I was going to let these bastards from the Southern District of New York, this Tom McKay, Nick Roos, Andrea Griswold, the whole bunch of fucking assholes that they are, no way I was going to let them 
go after my wife, handcuff her, process her, take her downtown. That shit was not going to happen. And so I said, all right, just tell me what you want me to plead guilty to. In fact, if you want me to plead guilty, I could close out the Lindbergh baby kidnapping by, you know, or the Lufthansa heist by taking responsibility for that too. When they said to me, well, we don't find you funny. And I said, I don't fucking find you guys funny either. In fact, anyone who ever threatened my wife other than somebody sitting there with a badge inside of a courthouse, I would knock the shit out of you, you scumbags. But lo and behold, they work with the judge. The system is so fucking corrupt. And I talk about it in great detail. In fact, on page 95 of the book, I talk about it. Um, you know, this is just one part. The U.S. Attorney's Office there has a long, notorious history of being independent. In fact, SDNY has said to stand for the sovereign district of New York by many criminal defense attorneys. This, by the way, is not meant as a compliment, but rather an attack on the way they conduct themselves. They act in a manner that is completely independent from any judicial body, which is why Trump attempted to get Jeffrey Berman, the head of the criminal division there, to resign, which he refused. The question needing to be asked is why would the president of the United States be so focused on this one facet of the Justice Department other than for the reason that it was the court prosecuting my case? All right. That's the only reason that they wanted it. He wanted to reverse two charges, the campaign finance violations, which would then go ahead, remove him from any accountability as what I deem to be co-conspirator number one. Right. Therefore, he can say everything that Michael Cohen is doing is designed to get him a lesser sentence at my expense. And that all of the illegalities that Michael did has to do with his tax issue, which, by the way, and it's also part of the book, something that I talked about at length at my in the uh, in the in the uh, sentencing document, as well as on television. I, am, I have never filed a late tax return in my life. I have never not paid taxes. In fact, I've never been audited in my life, never had an overseas bank account, never had an overseas invoice nominee, any of the items that would constitute you know, what's called tax evasion. Was there a tax omission? Yes, there was. Whose mistake was it? It's my accountants. I would give him three ring notebooks tabulated with every single bank statement showing every single deposit. I want to go one step further because I talk about this in Revenge as well. And I certainly, I, I write the book, not because I'm trying to exonerate myself. I did my time. I've lost everything from my family's happiness to more money than I even care to disclose. But nevertheless, what I want to prevent is this bullshit happening to anybody else. All right. This should never have happened. In fact, Judge Rakoff, who, you know, talks about this all the time, also acknowledges, and I have quotes from him in the book, acknowledges that the system is broken and that there are significant changes that need to be made to ensure that no other narcissistic sociopath, president, wannabe dictator can ever do to anybody ever again. And I believe that all of these prosecutors, instead of going from their jobs as prosecutors, going to like the million dollar jobs at Lowenstein Sandler, McDermott, Will and Emery, uh, Davis Polk, Paul Weiss, Guggenheim Partners, right? They should not be interested in their prosecution rate, but rather um, in their success rate, but rather in prosecuting cases, not convictions. And that's really what the book does. 
It's in order to open up people's eyes to what happens when you have somebody like a Donald Trump. And there are others like him, like Ron DeSantis, all right, who could be even worse. This is what happens when a president weaponizes a Justice Department against his critics. So what what Jeffrey Berman's book did, it validated this. It validates this. What he did in order to go after his critics. Well, Michael, um, you got the fire on today, and that's mm-hmm. what I—that's why I had you on because I knew you'd have the fire. You'd had the fire about the the golf course. You'd had the fire about the the book and the Berman case, and really about uh, the SDNY and what's going on there, and more about the corruption um, that is deep seated in Donald Trump and like him. I I have one question I want to ask you that I've been wanting to ask you for a long time because Donald Trump's uh, it seems like he's trying to make this overturning row and him selecting these Supreme Court justices is a great thing. Um, and in private, he seems like it, he thinks it was a mistake. They went way too far uh, with Lindsey Graham. We, we watched the video earlier of Lindsey Graham. But here's the thing. Here's the question I want to ask. And I and I told myself if I ever had you on the show, this would be a question I'd ask you, because we know now about the hush money payment, obviously, uh, with Stormy Daniels. This has played out. You're, you're, you've been talking about it um, in the SDNY and the prosecution, uh, you going to prison and paying the price. Uh, for possible crimes that Donald Trump committed as well. Um, But let me ask you, do you know about the payments by Trump to pay for abortions? We know he's paid for hush money payments, but do you know about the payments that Donald Trump has made for abortions? No. Uh, And in fact, I don't believe that he did, at least certainly not in my tenure that was there. Um, It's just, it's just not true. Um, You know, I don't know why that that's another question that constantly comes up. I think the real question that people should be considering when they look at Trump is whether or not he actually is pro-choice or he's pro-life. And the answer is he is pro-choice. Why? Because he doesn't give a shit what you do. He doesn't care about you. This is a guy that wouldn't cross the street with a bottle of water to put you out of if you were on fire because he doesn't (laughs) give a fuck, for God's sakes. And people have to understand, you know, what he did is he used what was important to the white Southern Christian coalition, the evangelical group and others. He he used what was important to them so that he could start to amass a base that would support him both as far as the votes as well as monetarily. And it's the same group of idiots that are out there right now giving him hundreds of millions of dollars to a pack that they never even read the fine print on, which, of course, most people don't read fine print. But when it comes to Trump, you got to read everything. He is entitled to 90% of every dollar, 90 cents on every dollar to use at his discretion. So, folks, do you know what that means? That means that he's keeping 90 cents of every dollar that you donate. And that's it's I mean, it's truly a a disgraceful thing for a former president to do. You know, most former presidents, they go out in style, in class. They go to other countries. They help with a cause. Donald Trump is helping with a cause, too. It's called his left pocket, his right pocket. It is it is disgusting on every level. And so. What did he end up doing? In order to appease this evangelical white Southern Christian coalition, they gave him a list of judges who are all, you know, who all think and behave exactly the same and all believe that Roe v. Wade should not have been decided that it should be a state's right. 
Um, it's just the beginning of the problems, thanks to now a lopsided Supreme Court. Well, I appreciate the answer there, Michael, and, and playing ball with me on that question, because I've wanted to ask you for a long time. Uh, do me a favor. Uh, give us give us the best pitch you got for your book one more time uh, before we go. Yeah, look, the book Revenge, I believe, like Disloyal, uh, is truly, it's a must read. And I, I ask people just to go to revenge-thebook.com. Read the forward and the afterward. Very interesting, by the way. The afterward, um, I didn't write. The forward I wrote. Uh, the afterward is written by uh, Norm Eisen, uh, as well as by Danya Perry. And so I think you'll find it very interesting. But what it does is it's a forensic analysis that takes you from the very, very beginning, which was the fake uh, allegations of me uh, in the Steele dossier. I've never been to Prague. And the number of journalists that got that wrong because it benefited them all the way to the unconstitutional remand against me um, for refusing to waive my First Amendment constitutional right, making me the first political prisoner held in my own country because I wouldn't waive my constitutional right. It takes you through the entire scenario and shows you exactly who was involved, why they were involved, backed up with documents and evidence and, and um, footnotes and so on. It is truly a read that I want people at the end of the day to come and not, I'm not looking for people to feel sorry for me or to pity me for what happened. I want to ensure that this never, ever, ever happens again to anyone else. And the only way for that to happen is for people like your viewers and so on to be informed of exactly again what happens when a U.S. president, a narcissistic sociopath, the orange-crusted Mandarin Mussolini himself, elects to weaponize the Justice Department using a willing and complicit attorney general to go after a critic. All right. It's just not what our founding fathers ever expected, you know, but it happened and we all have to be knowledgeable of it. Well, thank you, Michael, for joining us. Everyone um, go out and grab your your pre-ordered copy on Amazon or wherever you get your books. Or you can go to revenge-thebook.com. Michael Cohen, again, thank you for joining us, sir. We will we will talk to you very soon. Come back and come back and join us um, after this uh, Trump organization trial, if you would, and give yeah. us your insights. Uh, we'll, I'll, I'll I'll stay in touch with you on that as we as we watch that trial go on. Thank you, Michael, for joining us. Everyone, go out and grab grab Michael's book. Uh, Gabe, what a great interview mm-hmm. with uh, with Michael Cohen. He always brings the heat. He always brings the spicy. Heat. Holy moly! Holy moly! Um, everyone, it's been a great episode. We have Jeff Tameron. Uh, mm-hmm. We had Mike Lindell and more fast food clown, MAGA yep. clowns. Oh my God. What a, what it was a, a day. This is two hours. I mean, we're over, we're over time like a, right now, but yeah, wow. No, like I've been it was for like five two, minutes. Yeah. Two great guests. We had a quick little shitless roundup. Boom, boom, boom. boom. boom I want to, I want to tell everybody the, sh- the, uh, um, the bonnet of the week poll is out uh-huh. because Gabe cannot join us on Friday live. So you got to go vote now. Go out and vote on Twitter at Tony Michaels Pod. Follow us there while you're voting for Bone End of the Week. You can also vote here on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe while you're on YouTube. You do not want to miss a thing. We've been putting out a ton of news clips, ton mm-hmm. of media clips on our YouTube channel. So subscribe. You don't want to miss that. Go check out the media clips uh, playlist 
There's also a What Was That this morning that dropped on our channel and on Minus Touch as well. So mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. check out that What Was That. And there should be a What Was That on the Mike Lindell Ooh. phone seized at a Hardy's drive through Boom. So don't forget to subscribe. You're not going to want to miss a thing. Also, go download every single episode of the Tony Michaels podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, your favorite directories. Make sure to leave us a great review while you're there and subscribe. Don't forget to do that. Um, also, we've got these dark Brandon shirts, Gabe. Mm-hmm. They're, they're flying off the shelves. Store.tonymichaels.com. Like Make sure to go get your exclusive Tony Michaels podcast dark Brandon shirt, black, red, uh, heavy metal is the other is the other color. Yeah. You can also I mean, get a hoodie. Fit it, very fitting. You right. know, you, you I can, mean, like probably very fitting size wise, but also fitting is in terms of the that's the, right the, 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 the name of the color. Well, we also have coffee mugs if you want to drink your dark roasted Brandon coffee. Uh, you can mm-hmm. get your dark, or you can just have a sticker if you want to put it on like a laptop or you know yeah, yeah. your car or something. Slap like that. Slap it. That's right. So go to store.detonymichaels.com and get your dark Brandon merch exclusive design. Everyone, come back tomorrow. We will be here at noon Eastern, 11 Central, 9 Pacific. Same time, same place. Surf's up, motherfuckers. You've been listening to the Tony Michaels Podcast. Podcast. In your face commentary of current events and political news. No rules, no boundaries. I think we've made that perfectly clear. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll be back soon. In the meantime, follow Tony on social media at the Tony Michaels. And until next time, raise a fist and repeat after me. Fuck them. Murphy's Mealborn, head-ass speaking.